Turns out it's haunted. The podcast covering haunted locations and spooky stories. We're your hosts, Tracy and Laura. Welcome back, scary cats. It turns out it's haunted. Yo, yo, scary cats. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Laura. <laughs> I was like, have I lost you already? <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Where are you, Tracy? I'm here. I'm doing good. I um. I always tend to spend an extra week more than intended on researching the the shows I have and I think that's just because um, I'm a big scaredy cat and because I get sidetracked into all these other details of the story and Tracy, you're already laughing at me because I was telling you about this earlier on and you're like, yep, maybe you just like the research side of it rather than the scary side of it and it's so true. Yeah, like, and the history side of it, the details. This... <laughs> Yeah, well, this, um, you know, this week has been no different because although this house that I'm going to talk about is super creepy, the whole sort of town in the area is a little bit creepy but also really interesting and mm. I, I uncovered some interesting information along the way. So I did get distracted but I think <laughs> I like getting distracted and I think I like to Avoid. focus on other things other than just, yeah, absolutely, because it really freaks me out and then... The more I read about things like I'm going to talk about, um, the more it makes me scared. Oh, <laughs> scaredy cat. Well, well what totally are you doing? scaredy cat. Well, this week I'm doing um, Haunted Hill House from Mineral Wells in Texas. Ooh, scary. Ooh, creepy. So... It's, um, it was a little bit confusing actually initially to find information because there's been quite a few um, like scary movies with similar names and there's even a Netflix series and a remake and all of that and although they're inspired by certain elements of stories, it's like a mishmash of everything so it's not really truly indicative of um, of this hill house. It's called like... It's called Hill House, but quite often it's referred to as the Haunted Hill House mm -hmm. um, in Mineral Wells, Texas. So that's what I'm going to lead with. And then at the end of talking about the house itself, I'm going to talk about um, some of the history of the area and some other places within Mineral Wells. It's a very interesting place. It's got a ton of weird shit going on in it. Yeah. Mm. Actually, I did email you a link to a video. Did you watch that? Uh, I watched sort no. of from the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I watched a little yeah. bit. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I so didn't that really might make like... sense later on when we have a chat. Yeah. I don't really uh, – there are a lot of investigators that I just think are just idiots. <laughs> and the, that video that you yeah. sent through just is indicative of idiots. rather than – Yeah. And just the yep. way that they yep. respond as There's well. A lot of that. It's like for show. And I get it, but Yep. Yep. It's just it's not my thing. <laughs> it's not but yes. for you. 
No. I think there was something in it. I think I was just wondering if it was legit, the things that they were responsive to. We'll talk about that like when it I comes want to it. Like I your take on it. We'll talk about it when the time comes. Yeah. yeah. All good. All right. Okay. So, okay, this house um, has intelligent, residual and visitation haunting. There are said to be at least nine spirits that frequently um, reside or visit this house. Uh, several deaths have occurred here over the years and it is said that the spirits have never left. Proof of their presence has been documented by countless paranormal investigation crews making the house a world-renowned haunt. So, in 1892, amidst the Civil War era, a lady named Fanny Yeager Kyle, who came from a prominent family in the Mineral Wells district, built a large Victorian-style house. She was beloved in the town and affectionately known as Aunt Fanny. <laughs> I just had to include that because I thought that was a very handy thing to know. She lived here with her sister Susan <laughs> and often took in guests who travelled to the area seeking respite from various illnesses by way of utilising the healing properties of the local mineral water. More on that later. Fanny died there in 1924 and four years later her sister Susan uh, died in the home of the flu. The house was used as a makeshift hospice for a few years before turning into a brothel for the Baker Hotel, which opened in the late 1920s. So we're going to talk more about the Baker Hotel afterwards as well, because that's quite a famous um, landmark in the area and its own source of paranormal activity. So I'll, I'll go into the Baker Hotel at the end. Um, so where am I... Okay. Do, do, do. Okay. So after um, it was a brothel, it became, a, well, during the same time, it became a place of gambling, much like um, the SKPS mansion, mm. like all of those sorts of, you know, sex work goings on. And it, um, you know, with prohibition and stuff, it was, it had a, like a bootlegging room or a bootlegger mm, room. Like or a public whatever house. Whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah, and they actually um, used the local kids that were riding their bikes between the hotel and the house because it was literally just down the road to um, smuggle the flagons of alcohol to the clients in the hotel. So it was sort of a <laughs> bit more unassuming using the, the little kids to do that. No one sort of suspected them. Imagine growing um, up, like imagine so being one of those little kids now grown up and, and telling the story like, yeah, that was me. I used to be a drug smuggler, alcohol smuggler between yep. between these two places. Like that's it's, a cool story. I know. It's super weird. Um, but also the hotel housed lots of wealthy businessmen who um, the, the wealthier ones would um, have the sex workers delivered to them and then other clients of the hotel would just stroll up the street and um, sort their amusements out for the evening in the house up the road. Sort their amusements which was out house. for the evening. <laughs> sort their amusements out. That is the That's best. Right. I'm going to sort my amusements out for this evening. <laughs> I'm so going to use Sounds that. Sounds classy, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Please do. So at around this time, one of the sex workers who lived there had a handicapped son called Joshua who was rumoured to have been murdered on the steps or the 
not the boy. The the mum was rumoured to have been murdered on the steps leading down from the attic um, and a room in the attic is known as Joshua's room. Uh, he is known as a spirit that's quite active in the house even today and has been known to interact with those visiting his room in the attic. He often opens doors back up that visitors make sure to close firmly. So there's quite a few um, videos of people touring that space and talking with him and he's responding on their equipment with the lights. The K2, is that the one Mm -hmm. that lights up? And then there's REM pods as well. Um, And then, yeah, there's this one particular door. It's got a sign on it, Joshua's room, and they'll they'll close it and you can see them, you know, push it, latch it shut and just like a few seconds later it gets pushed back open again. It's like time and time again. The spirits can't through doors. (laughs) I know, right? <laughs> I love how that fascinates but you. That's a thing. They do that, right? They can. Not the walk through doors thing, the opening the door thing. Yes, they can do both. <laughs> well, true. They're multi talented. Um, all right. So so that's Joshua. Um, and during the nineteen fifties, so now there's I'm just gonna talk a bit about some of the deaths around the house and, and that sort of thing. So During the 1950s, a man working on the fireplace chimney on top of the roof slipped and fell to his death. Um, And around this time, it became a rental property for around 20 years. And during this time, a tragic accident occurred when a boy who was about seven years of age accidentally hung himself from a swing set in the side side yard. Oh, that's Um, awful. Yeah. Awful. Really awful. There's a little um, piece of wood, like an old fallen tree trunk with a little cross etched in it that sort of marks the spot where his swing was. How sad. Um, And another story. Oh, it's awful. And there's another, a girl, her name's called Madeline, and she didn't live at the house, but she was one of the neighbourhood kids that was riding their bikes. And um, the reports were that she was hit by a car out the front on the road, and she died on the front, um, on the front steps of the house. Wow. And, um, but quite a few of accounts of people doing paranormal investigations, there is a little girl called Madeline that they can hear and who names herself and likes to play. Um, and actually, well, I'll go in and talk about the rooms in a sec, but there is a room called Emily's Room and there's a few creepy old dolls that are in that room and um, she's known to visit that room along with a few other spirits that sort of have ownership of those dolls and Tracy you would know a little bit about talking to dolls and Shush. talking to the spirits who attach themselves <laughs> to dolls. don't talk to dolls. <laughs> from from Man- Mangrove Mountain. <laughs> Had you ever talked to dolls no. until like before that? Yeah yeah uh, when I was that was yeah. actually it's, it's one of my one of my strongest memories from when I was little from when I was about two. Um, from when we lived at yeah. our first home where I was born in Windsor in New South Wales, um, which is an extremely haunted yeah. town. But, um, yeah, I can remember, I remember, I just remember talking to spirits, like connecting spirits with dolls, kind of, um, I, I'll, I'll never forget one day I um, got my finger I think stuck in stuck in a door or something and my finger was infected and so I had cream for my finger to help with the infection 
and I probably would have been maybe four. And I remember spirit telling me that one of the spirits had an eye infection and that, that they couldn't see properly. And so I, there was a doll that corresponded to that spirit. And so I put the cream on the doll's eyes to help it see. And I got into so much trouble because the cream was a pharmacy cream. It was a prescription cream. It was for my finger. And, um, and I remember getting into trouble for putting the cream in the doll's eyes, but I distinctly remember the spirit child telling me that they, they couldn't see and that there was something wrong with their eyes. So I used the cream to help them. So, that would yeah, make sense. And so yeah. dolls for me is something that I've done for as long as I can remember. And and just to clarify, the spirit that you're connecting with the doll is the doll's owner. I don't know. Like I don't. The, I have no idea. I don't remember. Don't know. I don't remember. Okay. But I really remember Gosh. from a very young age having that connection with dolls. And there's another one too that's quite strong in memory. Um, so when I was really little, I just always knew that I was going to have twins. And so whenever anyone would gift me a doll, I wanted the twin, I wanted twin dolls, not just one doll, because I was supposed to have like twins belonged to me. Um, And yeah, yeah. And I remember just always having this awareness of the spirits of twins um, needing to belong to me. Uh, and then for the, for our listeners who don't know, my second child, Luca, was a twin, but we lost the twin during pregnancy very early on. Um, so I, I wonder whether or not that connection of the, the twins from when I was younger was something to do with that. Like I think it would have to because it was such a strong knowing that I had my whole life mm, up until I lost the yeah. twin. And it would wow. play out through dolls. Yeah. Dolls, anyway, that all just came from dolls. (laughs) No, I want to hear more about you. (laughs) Uh, So that was Madeline. So she's quite well known for anyone that visits the house. Uh, And that is sort of the more lighter side of the conversation. contacts and stuff that people report because it gets a little bit scary from here on in. There's what they call um, a shadow man, which I wanted to ask you about. I resisted too much of a temptation to look too much into that because I know you know about that. I've heard you sort of mention shadow men before and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So there is one at this place. There is actually a room called the shadow man room or something like that but he's actually seen outside a fair bit as well um there's an rv that's on the property and has been for a while from from my understanding and so when people are staying out there and they're walking from the main house to there quite often they'll see him uh coming and he's always sort of gesturing them to sort of come closer but in a really not in a friendly way like in a menacing way like so that's the thing, isn't it? So shadow men are quite um, of a negative energy, would you say? They can be. They're, they're watchers. So Watchers? Yeah, so they're notorious, um, notoriously known as watchers in terms of um, if you can think about the type of person as a human who would be a watcher, so someone who would lurk 
and like a, a voyeuristic oh, natured person okay. or prowly someone a peeping tom someone who would um be a, a, an observer but creep in a creepy way and so there is this um if you think about it from a human perspective there is this kind of um unwritten kind of law I guess or belief that those kind of people that's pretty much just a waiting game for them potentially to do something more with with their behavior it's kind of it's like a a gateway behavior into something a little bit more sinister Mm, and serious so shadow men um shadow men and shadow people are two different things but shadow men in this case in what you're describing is is what we what I refer to as a watcher um, I've come in contact with a couple of watchers before in my time um, and they're not fun. Like they feel just as if like there was a human weird-ass creepy dude like staring at you and like salivating or something and rubbing themselves or something. Mm. Like it would just oh. it would really gross you out and it would just give you the heebie-jeebies. Um, and, and yeah, that's what they like. And do they listen to you when you tell them to go? They can. You've got to. Pre- you've got to be very forceful. Um, you've got to yeah, be okay. very grounded because they um, they assimilate. So they kind of um, they want your energy so that they can form into something stronger. So they're they're watchers, wow. but they can pretty easily turn into feeders um, and really absorb your energy. So mm. if you're not strong and you're not um, you're not aware. Um, they can wreak a bit of havoc. Interesting. Mm. Um, so if you well, see that, a that if you see a shadow man really and he's calling gross. you in, you you wanna you wanna not get in the shadow man's white van. <laughs> no, <laughs> stay away. <laughs> oh, I feel really gross now. Thanks for that. Um, and mm. then there's also, the um, yeah, you go. I was just about to say that's the way I think of shadow men. So um, uh-huh. they're kind of yeah. it, it's sort of that's the way in a human experience of the version of a shadow man. Well, yeah, the, from the videos and everything that I've been watching, the people that uh, talk about coming into contact with this this dude is definitely they're left yeah. with those feelings. Yeah, it's not a, it's a not a nice spirit just popping up to say hello. Mm. Um, there's lots of other, you know, EVPs and and whatnot that you can watch on YouTube. Actually, the best ones I found were from the website themselves, which have like a big fat copyright all over it, so I wasn't going anywhere near them. Um, but they're amazing. There's heaps of um, growls mm. as well and grunts and not nice sounding breathing in ears and yeah. stuff. And um, so there's the Shadow Man, but there's also... Um, and more of a what what has been labelled as a sort of demonic energy called Toby. He refers to himself as Toby a fair bit. So they're not sure if they're two separate people, some or or they're separate in entirety. But Toby's more on the inside, but there is a shadow man on the outside. But then again, there's a room in the house called the Shadow Man's room, um, which there's lots of just abnormal sort of behaviour and, like I said, those grunts and the growls and hisses. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, Toby has um, has been blamed for knocking on walls, um, throwing items at visitors, and growling in people's ears. Um, and then there's a scratch. There's a room called the scratcher room, and it's really common when you're in that room to be bitten or scratched and that sort of thing. So Uh-oh. that doesn't sound like I want to go there at all. I'm not a really big fan of that. Um, <laughs> and then there's, there's a staircase. <laughs> there's a big wooden staircase. It's like an L-shaped sort of staircase. And just to look at it, you can just think that thing would be really, really creaky. And there's quite a few videos of people. So they've there's They've got cameras set up. This house is set up for people to come in and do either their own investigation or to take investigations that the current owners run. So either way, there's cameras everywhere. So there's quite a bit of footage of people standing around, which on one hand it kind of makes me think, uh, is it all a setup or, or not? But anyway, there's a lot of footage of people standing around the bottom of this staircase and then what sounds like a bowling ball what that would sound like rolling down the stairs, like this loud, heavy, crashing sound moving, um, but there's nothing on the stairs. And then the people that are in, like, that are actually there, they report that they're hearing it sort of in the wall, Mm. but they can't quite trace it, like Mm. it's everywhere. So that didn't make me feel really good to look at. Um, And then there's a room called the Axe Room, and so when the uh, some former owners first bought this house, they liked the look of it. They hadn't heard any stories of it being a haunted house. Uh, they just liked the look of it and they wanted to do it up. They wanted to remodel it, um, renovate it and sell it. And then once they got there, they realised that was not a good idea. They tried to sell some of the items from the house on on the driveway one afternoon and the neighbours sort of came over and said that wasn't a good idea and then (laughs) all sorts of weird stuff was going on in the house because they didn't like all their things being, um, you know, touched and moved around. There's a room called the Carousel Room um, and that's named after a funky old carousel toy that these owners were trying to get rid of and it sort of became very apparent that that wasn't a good idea so they put it back. But they've also filled the house, um, well, the current owners have got loads of stuff in this house. It looks like a creepy Halloween haunted house and the whole thing just sort of blends a a legit paranormal house to something that's staged as well. So Mm -hmm. it kind of looks like you don't know what to believe, but it's really easy to do though. It's really easy to do because if you think about when we went to Mangrove Mountain, um, that like looking back on that, that's a pretty creepy house just to look at. (laughs) Well, the time of night that we went as well. Yeah, but the dolls, the antiques, yep. the the um, the centre of the home being original, the dark stairway going down into the the bottom area, um, the floorboards, the the low ceilings, the fireplace, like it's all ve- like all you've got to really do is put a couple of photos up of some old people and you know some toys around the place, and it looks like a haunted house. It's yeah, not true. hard for, the, for those story. kinds of houses, those old houses especially. It's not hard just with a few little extra bits and pieces. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this house has old dolls hanging from the yeah. ceiling and, you know, even guns on, on the walls and, like, that. one of the videos, this guy opened a door and there was one of those, um, like, tall standing dolls that has, like, it's motion censored so when there's someone standing in front of us, it, its eyes light up and it laughs. Oh, like a they creep. Oh, like God. a creepy... Like they're putting all that stuff in and around there and then there's Ah. this other, it's like this old school sort of rocking doll sort of thing and it's humming an old tune like, I don't think it's Round and Round the Garden but it's one of those old tunes and it's like this little girl's girl's voice singing it and and at the end it giggles and that thing goes off from time (gasps) to time and... Because you can hire this house out. You can sleep there the night um, and do your investigations. You can, you know, you can renew your wedding vows there. You can have your hen's night there. You can do, you can do all kinds of things there. (laughs) Have an anniversary away there. That's why Um, we're going for your 40th. And there's this no way in hell. (laughs) (laughs) I'm too close to that house living here. Um, So, gosh. So I'm going to read out a little bit of information from the current website, from the current owners who were totally into paranormal stuff. So when they found this house, they knew it was theirs or they knew it was the house for them. So it reads, many people become nauseous. Some get a headache and ill upon entering the grounds. Some are visited by a malevolent spirit the next day after visiting the house. Since investigations have started, all the groups doing investigations have agreed the house is haunted. (laughs) We have Class A EVPs, pictures, videos, orbs, K2 sessions with intelligent conversations. Groups have had balls moved by the little boy spirit. Several have had things thrown at them. Over 70 people have been scratched and two bitten. When we first... Because that's a selling point for the place. Come visit us. Anyhow. When we first visited the home, we saw a green orb with our own eyes and we knew it was the real deal, so we bought it. We have had things thrown at us... Um, thrown at us, voices, her doors slammed. It's a constant excitement owning the home and we have decided it should stay a paranormal investigation site. Mm. So, so some people like that sort of stuff, you know. It's not for well, everyone. Well, that would explain some of the paraphernalia and the toys and things that are around too because... Um, like you would have watched enough of those sort of shows now to well, those investigations to know now that taking things like toys is is designed to provoke and it's designed to bring out the spirits that you want them to be playful and you want to give them things that they can interact with so that you know that they're there so yeah machine like toys that have um very easy um very easy on and off buttons or motion sensors to to send them off singing or send them off making music or walking or moving or rolling or whatever yeah um those kinds of things are are like um 
a, a currency, I guess, for, for paranormal investigators to use. So that could be another reason why they're, they're there as well. And so if you've got, if you're a current owner and you're saying, yep, this is the home and this is what it's going to do and we're happy for people to come and experience it as a paranormal destination, um, then I would be putting those things in there too so that the that there would there would be happenings that there would be interactions yeah yeah that's definitely what happened um and I just looked down because I'm just chatting to you all the while but I've there's a little note here about the the Mm -hmm. axe room so it's another sort of little interesting story of funny goings on um and Yeah, it's strange. So a former owner who bought the house, the one that wanted to renovate it, so they were taking down some walls, I think just to put new ones up because it's really run down, and they found an old axe head inside the wall. So they just pulled it out and had it in the room and, um, you know, had a good look at it. That's pretty interesting. That's an old axe or whatever. Um, Either that same day or the next day, they were just walking up a road beside the house um, and found the handle that slotted right into the head of the axe just in the middle of the road so that's um like how and what and why and that's I found that really crazy so now that the two are together in this room um and quite often when people are in there and they relay that story there's a lot of action that goes off in the room in response to it Mm. sort of like I did that I don't know that's what makes me feel gross anyway So the current owners had their own serendipitous moment when they were doing some minor restorative work in an old fireplace and um, they found a a bit of paper in this old fireplace that had their surname on it, just on a small piece of paper. And it's not a, yeah, it's not like a a common surname. So that was... it's just weird. Very um, weird. Okay, so there's another interesting room attached to the main house where it's rumoured that illegal abortions used to take place. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this room there's many reports of crying that can be heard here, both women and children, like babies. Um, and there are bars barricading the windows. It's the only bars that are in windows of any of the house. Um, but Interestingly enough, they're attached from the inside rather than the outside. So this is suggestive of perhaps keeping whatever was inside in rather than outside as oh, out. Oh, that gave me the creeps. Yeah, it's super creepy. And, of course, all the videos are, like, real dark and dingy, so it's super mm-hmm. creepy again. Um, and there's another puzzling aspect of this house Um by the way of a bathroom that has been entirely sealed up from the inside. So the, I think they're the ex-owners, not the current owners, were the ones to sort of realise this only after several months of owning the house while the guy was tending to a frozen pipe, um, he noticed a secret bathroom. So you can, he saw it from the out, from the outside window looking in. There's a freestanding clawed foot bath. There's a, a toilet and a, a vanity sink, but there's no door. It's all drywalled up. Um, and they didn't realise it was there because on the inside is almost an identical bathroom that has been built on the inside of it. So... It's almost not like a mirror image, but they just thought, oh, yeah, that's the bathroom. But they didn't realise it's actually a second bathroom that's been... How bizarre. ...just built in. So really how would bizarre. the people have gotten um, out that made that bathroom through the window? 
Yeah. Well, I reckon it must have been in use. Um, so I did sort of, you know, it, it sends you down rabbit mm-hmm. holes to look through other videos and, and all of that. So there is there is made mention that there is a bath that um, was a fairly popular place to commit <gasps> suicide. So I just wonder if that was that bathroom and that's why they ended up boarding it up just to try and prevent more people from doing that. I don't Wowzers. know. This is almost um, like yeah, the Winchester so it, it house. It does give rise to rumours. This reminds me of the Winchester house. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But without the – the Winchester sounded really opulent and beautiful with all the um, detail and very yeah. expensive sort of high-end finishes and that stained glass window. But this this house wasn't. I mean, it, it had lots of different uses over the years and it's it was like built by house. those sisters who definitely had in mind caring for their community and everything like that. But after they died, it turned... Um, Nasty. Yeah, it sort of went down the gurgler, so to speak. Yeah, but only because it was down the hill from such a... A hotel that was just brand new and um, these days when people go, I don't know how long it's been there for, but directly opposite the house is a funeral home oh, God. these days. Well, there <laughs> The building be itself one. looks old enough. So I reckon it's been there from the 70s, 60s, 70s at least. Well, with the amount of deaths um, that have taken place at Hill but, House, there should be a funeral home across the road. They need their own funeral home. There, yeah. They do, and they're flat out. (laughs) No, who knows? Stop it. Anyway, so I watched my very first Portals to Hell episode on my own. Oh, my God. For this, during the research of this episode. So I was very brave, and I saw Jack Osborne and his offsider. I can't remember her name, forgive me. Yes, um... So she said herself that it's only happened once or maybe twice, but she had to leave this house. Um, They were doing their investigation and they were doing their walk around and they planned on sleeping the night um, and she couldn't think straight in there. She had to actually step outside onto the main road completely off the property before she could even... Think, have clarity of mm. thought and she said that doesn't really happen to her and um and that really put her off yeah which wow. it would and fair enough and jack himself in a couple of the rooms he got really really sleepy to the point where he had to lie down and he was nearly just asleep on beds and whatnot and he said that himself you know i'm just really drained i'm really tired in here it sounds um, like the watcher and they both come yeah Yes, I know. When you were saying that before, it really um, made me think of, yeah, how they feed on that. Mm-hmm. They just drain you. But, yeah, that freaked me out when you said that. And I was going to ask you about that when we got to this spot. Um, and then they also commented on how unnaturally the house, how unnaturally quiet it is for an old house. There's no, like creaks and groans um when you walk around but you can hear obviously the odd footsteps and and whatnot but they both commented on how quiet it felt and I wanted to ask you what your thoughts are on um how dense the like the air can be in a place with so much activity does that mean like there's with a lot of energy going on um when there's 
when there's no sounds, when they're not making any sounds at all, could the air be just so dense that it's, like, not loud? Mm. <laughs> Do you know kind what I mean? of. It's <laughs> a little know. bit too sciencey for me in terms of knowing what happens when the air is dense. But um, generally, um, so spirits are cut, uh, there's the residual energy. So the residual energy is usually what you'll hear with footsteps and knocking and things like that and any other random sounds that kind of don't really make sense. So if you've got residual energy there, then a house is usually not a quiet house. But if you've got a house or a place that Mm -hmm. doesn't have any residual energy, then it's usually a very quiet place and the spirits are really only... um, are really only active when they want to be active when they when and it sounds like that these spirits like to um not they like to actually antagonize and provoke the people that visit by the sounds of it so they're going to decide that they're going to decide the um the volume or the feel of the room they're going to make it they're going to make it it. feel cold when they want to they're going to make it feel empty when they want to they're going to go quiet when they want to they're going to go loud when they want to they're going to do what they want to do when they want to do it because it sounds like they're all intelligent whatever and they're it sounds also like they're aware of each other and they make um they make lots of intelligent responses um or maybe not so intelligent there's lots of fuck offs (laughs) there's lots of get outs and fuck offs and there's lots of people ignoring that too which is amazing and people antagonizing it which would only make it worse I'm guessing or louder so to speak um and I forgot to mention I just looked down my bit of paper as well there was a well in the backyard of course it was a well there's wells everywhere in mineral wells and we'll get to that as well but it's not there anymore it's since been filled in but that was the site of another um reported death as well and People that walk around that area with whatever various contraptions they're using, they quite often, it is an area of activity as well out there. But I suppose it would be if, if someone did well, die also, there. Well, also water is a conduit for spirits, so it's, it's how they get yeah. their energy. So it would be a very active place. That's why it had me intrigued. So I looked into a little bit of the history of Mineral Wells and where it got its name from and and why, and especially after hearing on our sister podcast, Turns Out She's a Witch, and you recently covered the element mm-hmm. of water and Shannon was talking about Bath and all of the properties of the funky water over there and then I found some funky water over in Texas, so I thought it would all you know, tie in very nice. It's all relevant at the minute on the Turns Out Network. Um, so I had um, I had noticed that the current owners, Edward and Catherine, Catherine Etsy's, made mention on their website that the house backs onto East Mountain. It's literally at the back of, of their house. Um, it And on their website, they mentioned that this area and the mountain has many caves that have been used over the years, first by Native Americans who populated the area long before anyone else did, and then by outlaws. So it got me a little curious about the history of the land and its surrounds. So here's a little bit about what I found out. 
Mineral Mineral Wells is situated about 50 miles, which is 80-ish kilometres from Fort Worth. It is in the county of Paolo Pinto, which means painted stick. It was given this name after a creek named by the Spaniards, more than likely derived from those who noted the colourful markings painted on tree trunks by Native Americans. So in 1877, James Alvis Lynch and his wife Armanda, their nine children and 50 head of livestock were in search of a new place to call home. When news reached them of Comanche attacks further on from where they were, they decided on settling right there where they found themselves in a valley tucked among the hills of Palo Pinto County. For the next three years, they built a ranch and the only way to get water was to haul it from the Brazos River, four miles, almost six and a half kilometres from where they lived. So they hauled water every day over that Well, there's like 11 of, of them, so they could just like spread out and then just walk <laughs> that little bit and just have like a train, like a, like a pass down. Like a family yeah. relay. <laughs> that would be how I would do it. When, by chance, a well driller happened upon the property <laughs> after they'd been there for three years, um, he, agree- he agreed to drill them a well. Um, so at first, the lynchers were afraid to drink the water because it had a funny taste and they were afraid that it might be poisoned. Now, a main, a main reason why the lynchers had moved from their former home was in the hope to find a warmer, drier climate as the whole family were quite poorly. James and, um, and Armanda both suffered from rheumatism. But within a short amount of time since drinking the well water, they had come to realise that they no longer suffered from these conditions. It's a miracle. So it's a miracle. It's miracle water. So news of the improvements in the health of the Lynch family spread fast. Neighbours began trying the water and within a month, strangers were coming to the Lynch ranch inquiring about the water. Mr Lynch began selling the water for five cents a quart. The water grew in popularity very quickly and by the end of the year, 3,000 people at a time were camping on the Lynch property. And I just reckon that's a lot of people for back then. Anyhow, Mr Lynch's water proved so popular that he had trouble keeping up with the demand. His well could only produce 100 gallons per day. So in order to get water from the well, guests were required to sign a declaration affirming that they were sick and needed the water. Mr Lynch's life proved to be a great testimonial to the water's curative powers as he lived to be 93, passing away in 1920. Armanda died a year later in 1921 and both are buried side by side in the Elmwood Cemetery in Mineral Wells. So it's a little bit um, interesting that the Elmwood Cemetery is this massive big cemetery at the entry point to Mineral Wells and right above the cemetery is this massive welcome sign (laughs) (laughs) greeted by lots of (laughs) graves. Anywho, two years after the water's healing properties were discovered, 125 wells had been drilled and salve, soap and crystals were being produced. So going from one, one well to 125 within two years. Um, so the most famous of the water from mineral wells was called the crazy water. I've heard water. about this. 
The crazy... Yeah, it's a cool story. The crazy Mm. well was originally dug by Uncle Billy Wiggins in 1881, located at the site of the current Crazy Water Retirement Hotel. The well got its name in an interesting manner. An elderly lady who suffered from a form of dementia would sit by the well all day, asking people passing by to draw her up a pail of water. The water apparently had some positive effects on the lady's craziness, illness, and soon others were lining up for the water. The well was originally known as the Crazy Lady Well, but its name was later shortened to the Crazy Well. The Crazy Water Company became the most well-known of the water companies, building its original drinking pavilion, a small wooden building built over the well, in the year the well was dug, and its second pavilion... Um, a few years later. Um, So there's lots of stories about lots of different companies making different wells and different pavilions over these wells. So they kind of looked like pub houses, but they weren't selling alcohol. It was just the the well water. (laughs) Come and see what what effect my well (laughs) will have on you, my pretties. (laughs) Yeah. So what was it in the water that attracted so many people to this town? Well, there's a significant amount of lithium found in some of the town's wells, indicating that the crazy water story may weave a few facts into the folklore. The early promoters credited the water's medicinal agents, primarily calcium, magnesium and sulphate, with the power to relieve or cure dyspepsia, neuralgia, sore eyes, paralysis, insomnia, liver and kidney problems, rheumatism and improprieties of the blood. People came from near and far because they all believed in the water's healing qualities. So... By the dawn of the 20th century, Mineral Wells dominated the Texas Spa Resort market and was known as the nation's great health resort. In the early 1900s, Mineral Wells had a population of approximately 8,000 but welcomed over 150,000 visitors each year. And in 1909, there were four bathhouses, seven wells and drinking pavilions and two sanitariums, 46 hotels and boarding houses. But by 1913, there were 21 mineral water companies in town. The following 10 years saw mass expansion. The water pavilions changed as physicians relocated their offices to the bathhouses and their offices grew into clinics, which grew into sanitariums. The wells were transformed into spas with mineral baths, lodging and massages. The Crazy Hotel was built by a Dallas businessman and had 200 guest rooms, a dining room, shops, barbershop and doctor's office, florist, bookstore, recreation department, drinking pavilion, of course, and bathhouse. Um, So there was a few local companies and businessmen that... um, resented the fact that it was a Dallas man, a Dallas businessman that was raking in the benefits of their local mineral wells hotel industry. So they conceived an idea to build a hotel aimed at outclassing the crazy hotel. So the Baker Hotel, which opened on November 22, 1929, was 14 storeys tall, 
and to the satisfaction of the local businessmen who dreamt up the hotel, it dwarfed the crazy hotel in size. It was built to be exactly two times the size of the crazy hotel. The Baker had 450 guest rooms and featured tennis courts, medical clinics, an entire floor dedicated to mineral baths and massages, shopping, a beauty salon, drinking pavilion and outdoor pool. It was built for $1.2 million. That would be massive. The like, town- can you imagine how much that would be now? Back then. Yeah. So the the town's social life revolved around the baker following its opening. Being at the baker meant you were part of the in-crowd in Mineral Wells. I just love the fact that just to really prove a point, they made it exactly double the size. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, eat that. (laughs) We're we're twice as good as you. Um, But then, so... So it was really popular. In it, in the height of its success, it was super popular. And Judy Garland and uh, the Three Stooges and all the people of the time, you know, anyone who was anyone went there and, you know, reaped the benefits from, from the health properties. And just because it was such an opulent um, hotel that had everything, it was... It was huge Um, and it was built in a Spanish sort of colonial style so it had like massive dome ceilings and big pillars and these baths look like the Roman bathhouses and that sort of stuff and um, it didn't... It didn't stay open in its heyday for too long. So it was opened in 1929 um, but by 1972 it was closed for good and in the 1940s it was on its downhill slope already so you know between those times from when it was opened in 1929 um and the in crowd and all of that we've you know the great depression hit there was wars going on but there was also discoveries in the medical field you know, with the likes of penicillin and other antibiotics plus other medical advances changed the face of the medical industry altogether, putting less and less emphasis on mineral waters and other natural healing methods. So it was during this time there was a a massive shift both financially um, and in treatments, in medical treatments. So by the 1940s, most of the water companies had closed down. Uh, no, long, no longer enough visitors to keep their doors open. During World War II, gas was rationed and people could no longer make the journey out to mineral wells. Yeah, like I said, the Baker Hotel was closed for good in March of 1972. Uh, the Crazy Hotel could not survive either and became a retirement home. The famous Mineral Water Company is the only remaining reminder of this long past era where visitors flocked to mineral wells to sample the mineral waters. At the famous, you can still sit at the bar, order a mineral water and enjoy the taste that made this town such a resort century ago. I wonder what it tastes like. You can still go there. I know, and there's like there's four different grades. I nearly bought some, but to to get it here would have cost more than the water itself. <laughs> <laughs> would have been cool though. But there's so there's there's four grades. So the highest grades you can only have like a tiny bit each day because it's so potent. And back in the heyday, when everyone was you know was doing doing it, um, they would boil the water down until it was just all the mineral salts, and they would export just a you know, a rock solid form and you just take a, 
a teaspoon of that and mix it in your own water. Clever buggers. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, aren't they clever? But obviously they weren't clever enough because they're not Mm. doing it anymore. But, yeah, so there's one place and that one that is still open, the famous Mineral Water Company, that was um, founded by a pharmacist, I think I read, and he was from a neighbouring town and he was unwell himself and he heard about this place so he moved there and tried the water and and looked into it and he reaped the benefits so he believed in it so much um, He's he headed that company and his family had it for a long time and it's it was in his family for a while but then it passed over to a different family and then it went to a historical society or something. But anyway, it's the only one that's still around. So that's a bit about Mineral Wells and the Haunted Hill House and the Baker Hotel, <laughs> which is famous for all of... It's, it's famous in its own right as being a para, paranormal place of lots of activity um but i i drew the line at looking into that because this was a lot (laughs) um and but and are you sure you don't want me to take you there for your 40th are you sure because pretty sure sounds like a pretty cool place (laughs) if they open up the baker hotel again to it and restore it back to its former glory then i guess um that would be a a great time to go visit. So I suppose I should never say never, Tracy. And uh, you know that I will talk you into going across the road to the Hill House. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll see about that when the time comes. I'll just get you drunk. I've just said never say never, haven't I? So I can't say no. You got me. <laughs> you I'll got get you me drunk good. And I'll give you some lithium water and we'll be there. <laughs> That's right. All I'll need is the water. I won't even need a drink. I'll just need a stiff water. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you, talk to me, uh, what did you think of Portals to Hell? Yeah, it was really, it was interesting. It wasn't as um, scary as I thought it would be in the sense that, yes, I got freaked out, but I really liked how they approached doing it. And I really liked how you got to see you know, how they set up their methods of how they walked around and then they did their investigation and then they were they were very honest in what they found and what they were feeling and then they brought all of that to the owner the following day and they, they then had another big talk about it. So it was, it was interesting and it was really interesting. I keep forgetting the girl's name. Oh, my God. Katrina. Katrina, it was um, it was interesting to see her reaction. Obviously, it's the only one I've ever seen, and I know that this series has been going on for a while. But to see her have to leave the house, um, sort of really made me think. Wow, there's certainly a lot of things going on here. Yeah, at the house. well, yeah. Katrina's um, like extremely well known in the industry and she's like a she's like a pro like a veteran I guess um and for yeah for that to happen to her I would say it would be pretty legit and she did the right thing because there's so much that goes on for us when we go for an investigation that we're managing you know we're managing ourselves we're managing the people that we're with the space um we're trying to get a job done she's in front of cameras there's so much that's going on with that but then there are 
some things that we can handle, like we can handle a little bit of nausea and a little bit of dizziness and a little bit of sort of absent-mindedness because that happens quite a lot where we kind of just, we're not thinking for ourselves. It's a very mm. common thing. Um, and it's it's fine, but then sometimes it just gets that little bit too much and you can't play with that. You kind of, you have to make sure that you're being you're your number one priority and you get out there as quick as you can. And there's a few things that you do in the process of keeping that at bay, but it sounds like it just got the better of her, but it gets the best of us sometimes. Like it's done that for me plenty of times before. And, you know, you get to, you miss out on a bit of fun, um, but <laughs> it happens and ultimately it's safety. And we don't, we we don't always understand what's happening either. And we don't, really know what the extent of what things could happen and so you're just better off just being safe and careful and um not mm, pushing absolutely. it too far because you, don't you just don't know if you come that. back yeah yeah and would it be sometimes a slippery slope perhaps for somebody less versed and less practiced and they might just feel the need to sort of ignore that and push on whereas someone with her level of experience is quite okay with going, no, this is not okay. I'm, I'm not okay. I, I can't think straight. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And a lot of uh, shows that, that air these days, uh, they do show the investigators having little weird kind of experiences and um, you'll see the rest of the team kind of, take focus away from whatever they're doing and the person that's experiencing the weird thing becomes their priority to make sure that they're okay because you really have to make yeah, sure that sure. You're, you're, you're keeping the human connection there and they remember that they're having the human experience and that they're, they're not being taken over because that's what's usually happening. There's usually spirits that are trying to um, attach oh, wow. themselves or take okay. over or channel and... Um, yep. And they're not allowed to do that unless you give them permission to. And just because we're going into a space to investigate, it doesn't mean we're giving them permission. No, absolutely not. Mm. Yeah. So interesting. It is. And there's a lot going on and you don't know what you're going to get until you're there. You know, Katrina would have prepared Mm. for something like that um, for for a, a long time. And she's an expert, a professional with plenty of experience. Um, I've watched so much of her work over the years and, um, yeah, if, if it's going to get the best of her, then it's obviously pretty strong in there and they knew it, like the spirits knew it. Mm. Yeah, like because Jack was getting tired, I think I mentioned before as well, in a few mm. of the rooms, like couldn't do anything but lie there. He was almost asleep. It was nuts. And then he'd go to another room and he seemed to have recovered a fair bit just from room mm. to room. That's actually how I feel when I'm channeling. I get really fatigued, like the Tracy part of me is really tired, not tired, Mm. tired's the wrong word, it's just really docile and relaxed, it's like a a super, Mm. super relaxed just before we're about to go to sleep, Um, yeah, it's weird, just turns down the Tracy energy and turns up the spirit energy. Amazing. And I noticed when I read a bit about the part where it said quite often the next day or something something can still happen even when you're not there and there was a couple of videos I watched. It was mostly YouTubers because they, you know how they document everything so then they go ahead and they've 
shot their video and they're editing their video and then they cut the video to then film themselves saying during the process of editing this video, mm-hmm. I noticed a couple of things happening on the screen and then also behind them some strange sounds were going on in their own house when they were editing the video. So I'm not going to lie, that sort of stuff freaked me out. I'm thinking, God, even researching this, am I going to have all kinds of things happen to me? What's going on? So I We've established like that. that they don't follow you. Yeah, I'm the human shield. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, it, it can be a little bit... Um, it can be a little bit dangerous, um, but I think that it just becomes mind games at that point and your mind playing tricks on you and just after watching a scary movie you're a bit jumpy and yeah, weird stuff me. happening. You're just, <laughs> yeah, you're just much more in tune and heightened to, you know, noises and you get it creepy crawly and you feel yeah. all weird and it's like seeing a spider and then for the next 20 minutes you're all just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and you think well, you on are. every five seconds. <laughs> I love how scared you are of spiders and nothing well, I'm else. I'm scared of spiders. I am grossed like out. Them. I'm grossed yeah. out by them. Like, And it's not even spiders, it's bugs. Spiders actually <laughs> don't bother me. Bugs. It's cockroaches and bugs. Did you see my praying mantis today? No, I haven't been on I, anywhere. I got another praying mantis today. Yeah. It's oh, beautiful and it let me do like Luciana this really close-up video mantis. of it. Oh, does she? Oh, nice. She does. I have this a, a video from when she was like two or something and she's playing with it and she, she was really well-spoken for you know, for being so young, but it's the cutest thing. And then just the other weekend, one was crawling all over her and they were with each other for hours before it before it it wouldn't get off her. Like we tried getting it off her. So then she'd just <laughs> wear it around for a little bit longer, just stay on her shoulder and cruised up her face. And and then it finally, I got photos. I'll send, I'll send you one. That's awesome. <laughs> They're sweet though, aren't they? They are. And they're just so beautiful. They're so alien-like when you look at their faces. Mm, yeah, yeah. And yeah. this one That's was grooming itself, thing. so it was like lifting really slowly one of its legs up and then it would quickly pull it in and then it would like lick it and, and move it and then it would stick out and then it would go down and then it would lift another leg up and pull it in and lick it. And <gasps> Wow. <laughs> I was just watching it just do its thing. It was beautiful. Methodical. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, on that note, well, before we start cats. rabbiting on again. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap. It's a wrap of the Hill House. Thanks, Laura. So welcome. Yeah, the Hill House and Mineral Wells and surroundings. It was awesome. And Miss Texas, if you're listening, get in touch. We have a field yes. trip for you to take us on. <laughs> Absolutely. Please, if you've ever been there or can you go there and tell us about it? Can you let us know whether the water's thick and, and nasty? Yeah, can you smuggle us a bottle or ten? (laughs) (laughs) All right, scaredy cats, sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Bye. Bye. Got a spooky story you'd like us to share or a haunted location you'd like us to cover? Send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at turnsout underscore it's haunted. 
we'd appreciate a follow, a share, a rating, a review, whatever floats your boat. Sleep well, my scaredy cats.